The following program is brought to you by the Humble Farmer Bed and Breakfast in St. George, Maine. Thank you for listening. A few years ago, a friend gave me a crash course on how to pick up women. Yes, at the time he imparted this information to me, I was married, but I very quickly realized that many young men would pay to have it. I'd like to know this information. I'd like to have known about this 50, 60, 70 years ago. So so we sat down by a microphone and spent an hour or so reviewing and recording the more salient points of picking up women wherever you might be. Like picking a pocket or choreographing an elaborate ballet, picking up women is an exact and almost infallible science. When I transcribed the whole business later, I had several pages of 12-point type. But by the time my friend came around later to help me polish the document, I realized I had a dangerous, powerful tool in my hand. From what you've seen on TV, you know about this, from what you've seen on TV, you know that bad guys can already cause enough trouble without adding to their bag of tricks. So I've abandoned this branch of the social sciences. I gave up thinking about selling this. Because this information might be misused to hurt someone, I don't feel it would be morally right for me to blab it around. So, it was inevitable that my voluntary suppressed pamphlet on how to pick up women came to mind one day when I heard that a man was arrested for selling a how-to-pedophile book. You might have also heard that the lawman who arrested this character keeps a Bible on his desk. And you might ask yourself which of these two books has caused the most, most death and destruction in the world. Anyway, one day, while thinking about my little How to Pick Up Women pamphlet, I asked a very smart woman if there were any special techniques women used to pick up men. She said... You look them in the eye and snap your fingers as you point at the floor in front of you. When they walk over, you pat them on the head. Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to hey. ah, Watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music.
and you could hear Sal Nistico. You could hear uh, Flip Phillips there too, I think, very wispy, and Alcon, Hong Kong, Hong, Alcon, Hong Kong, Hong. If you've listened to The Humble Farmer, you might have had old retired people tell you that they would never spend the winter in Florida. If you ask them why, you will discover that they have never spent a winter in Florida because they will tell you that they can't stand the heat, the snakes, the bugs, and the alligators. Okay? Now, anyone who has spent a January in southern Florida knows that they wear their long underwear and a heavy jacket and perhaps even mittens on many days. The only problem with the heat in Florida in the wintertime is not getting enough of it. No. The real problem with southern Florida is the smoke. You don't hear any talk about Florida air quality on the news because it would hurt the tourism business. And perhaps the air is no different from that in Ohio. So when someone tells you that they'd never spend a winter in Florida because of the heat and bugs, you know they've never been there. But if they say they can't stand Florida because of the smoke, you know they are speaking from experience. My my neighbor, my old neighbor, Gramp Wiley, spent one winter in Florida, but he didn't like it. Gramp said, it's not the heat, but the humility. Thank you. 
good old Jack Teagarden that my father liked. Years and years ago, my father was always telling me he liked Jack Teagarden. A Facebook friend of mine writes, after seeing my post, about, well, I was telling about the first time I scrambled an egg. My wife was very busy the, the other morning. She says, scramble this egg. And I said, how do you do it? And she showed me how to crack the egg apart and how to kind of whip it like in a dish with a fork. You have to do it fast. Whip, 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 whip. And when I wrote about this, this Facebook friend wrote, are you saying that at the age of 80 you just now learned how to scramble an egg? Yes. Why should this be surprising? It, you know, there are millions of things I've never done. Yes, before the other day I had never scrambled an egg. I've also, you might be surprised here, that I've also never beaten a child with my belt. I've never puked from drinking too much beer. I've never been to Idaho. I never took a class in algebra or Chinese. There are an awful lot of things that are quite common in our land that I have never done. I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. Please tell me, have you ever met anyone who has done everything?
And Sal told me, Sal told me one time, he says, I love to play, I always like to play fast. He said it felt good. You're listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio program, where, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Now, I, I really didn't feel like I was wasting my time when I went to town for my annual checkup, because... Because it was a typical cold, raw, wet summer day on the coast of Maine, and I couldn't work outside. Listen to this. The first thing the doctor did when he came in the room and saw me waiting in the chair was open the window wide. And the wind and the cold rain blew into the room. But the doctor smiled and looked refreshed and relieved. And it wasn't until then that I realized... I was wearing the same shoes that I wear when I go out to check on the cows. Nothing's impossible, I have found, for when my chin is on the ground, I pick myself up, dust myself off, start all over again. Don't lose your confidence if you slip, be grateful for a pleasant trip, just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, start all over again. Work like a soul inspired, till the battle of the day is won. You may be sick and tired, but you'll be a man, my son, will you remember the famous men who had to fall to rise again, so Take a deep breath, dust yourself off, pick yourself up, start all over again. 
step up and dust yourself off and start all over again. Step up and dust yourself off and start all over again. Work like a soul inspired till the battle of the day is won. You may be sick and tired, but you'll be a man, my son. When you remember the famous men who had to fall to rise again. So take a deep breath. Dust yourself off. Pick yourself up and start all over. Very, very nice piano player, too, you know, Nat King Cole. Flummox. You know about flummox? Do you ever say flummox? Flummox is a good word. You know, if I were to market a product that removed stains, I'd call it flummox.
Graceful, niceful change at the end there. Nice when we have a nice big full change. The end of a tune. Woody Herman, Al Cohn, Flip Phillips, Bill Perkins, Salnistico. Here on the Humble Farmer, where with any lucky doll, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. I am the Humble Farmer at gmail.com. Love to have you. Hear, hear what you're doing right now and tell me. I am, i got to tell you this, I'm concerned because I'm making stupid mistakes. The bank says that there was $20.58 or so more in the cash deposit than I thought there was when I sent it into the bank. So it leads me to believe that I can't count money anymore. You know, bankers are infallible. They must be right. When someone requested a bed and breakfast date for September, I wrote back to him and told them we had their August date available. Mixed the months up. Now, these are matters for concern. I'm asking my wife, Marcia, the almost perfect woman, to count the bed and breakfast money now before I take the envelope to the bank. Let me ask you, I'm, I'm wondering if this type of confusion could be a manifestation of Lyme disease. Did I get bit by a tick? Or is it a simple case of old age and rotted out brain cells? Should a person who is unable to make simple distinctions between black and white be allowed to vote in a national presidential election? Ordinarily, I would say no. But in this election, does it really matter which way you pull the lever?
mix. Mix, and we like mix. I'm just thinking that the first time I heard that, that recording was probably only 25 years old. And it's probably been 60 years since the first time I was able to whistle all the notes in that big solo. While looking up microchip cat flaps, microchip cat flaps, I don't know why I was doing it, but while looking up microchip cat flaps, I found an advertisement that said, Keep your cat safe with savings on sturdy outdoor pet enclosures. Another person might look at your purchase and uh, accuse you of confining one of Mother Nature's creatures in an inhuman, cruel, and unsanitary cage. You get my point? The only difference between a sturdy outdoor pet enclosure and an inhuman, cruel, and unsanitary cage is in the eye of the beholder. And you should know that I am extremely grateful for this sociological phenomenon that you and I call the eye of the beholder. Think about this. Were it not for the inherent differences in the eyes of beholders, several billion men would be trying to arrange my demise so they could marry my wife.
them and kind of noodly solos, weren't they? Noodle, 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 noodle. Please listen to this quote. It says, I have driven close to one million miles in all kinds of weather, traffic, urban commutes, rural commutes, various obstacles, blind in sun, and never had a crash. <laughs> it takes a certain kind of person with a lot of intestinal fortitude to be able to write this. I couldn't, I couldn't write anything like that, could you? Would you dare to stand right there in your shoes and say that you'd never crashed in an automobile? My friend, do you know what would happen to me tomorrow if I said that I'd never been struck by lightning?
Harry Allen joke on on guitar. You notice, well, I'm sure you noticed that Harry Allen didn't play flashy, fast, fingered stuff there. He, he kept it more to the tone of what you'd be likely to play easily on a trombone. Well, I once, only once did I hear him go, dilly, 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 something like that. Oh, it's time to remind you, it's time to thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station. With any luck at all, you know, you can hear me right here every week at this time playing old-fashioned music just for you. We read in the newspaper of a young man who flipped his van while playing with his cell phone. It's my understanding that cell phones can cost up to $400. Does causing accidents really require that much technology or expense? You know, back in the good old days, when we wanted to flip the pickup truck or or just live dangerously, we'd simply drive to town with an unrestrained dog in the car.
Of good people, and you might have heard because you know more about this than I do, so you certainly heard a lot of little hints about the old 1938, whenever it was, Benny Goodman recording of it. You heard the same, they were putting in little quotes from that, uh, from that old ancient recording, showed them fellas had been listening to it, didn't it? Almost time to get out of here. I asked my wife if she wanted to attend the Thursday night class on meditation. She said she'd have to think about it. And my wife, Marsha, sends out a yearly newsletter. It's a blatant attempt. You know what yearly newsletters are. It's a blatant attempt to boast of grandchildren and the financial successes of everyone remotely associated with the family. One year, on the bottom of this letter, I posted a picture of 11 baited mousetraps next to a hole inhabited by moles of voles on the sunny south side of this house. And, as might be expected, we received several treatises back from our academic friends outlining in detail their various adventures as exterminators. Jeremy, who's a neurologist at one of our leading universities, Jeremy gets between their ears, as it were, and Jeremy says... I think I noted that you had baited some traps with what looked to be cheese. Professional exterminators usually use something sweet that cannot easily be taken from the bait holder. I have used soft cookies that I can smush onto the holder and also gumdrops. Both are very effective. Now Jeremy should know that the picture was deceiving because I bait with peanut butter. And when I am in an unforgiving mood, 
I tie on a piece of bacon with string, tie it right on there. And I'd never thought of gumdrops. That's pretty great, isn't it? I'd never thought of gumdrops. So think about this. Sweet, sticky gumdrops. Oh, that sounds good. Think about this. If the trap doesn't get them, they'll perish with diabetes.